All right. Um, I'm efforting Todd Blackledge for this segment. Talked to him yesterday, but suddenly the file, Josh, has disappeared. Not my fault. Not my fault. So hopefully we'll get it here in a bit. Boy, that is troublesome. Well, and I had everything I, I needed. I was ready to go for the show, and it was like the last missing piece. And all of a sudden, whenever I went to go pull it down, it was file not available. Oh, no. Boo! Well, we got plenty to get to here on The Plank Show. Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I... Did he go over the line? You bet. You don't need to be MFing a guy like that. But, bro, I've, I've been around some of those people on, on bull days, and, boy, they... They really, really, really have an increased sense of, of self-importance. Yeah, I mean, and it's the, I guess it's their one time a year for some of them. Maybe if they host two games, they're two times a year. But I don't understand the need to be sitting there like putting your hands on them. Um, I don't think Sark reacted like you know a coach should in those situations. Well, but I just. I wasn't, like, outraged by it like some of you are. I also, though, I'm not someone who was outraged by Skip Bayless's tweet either, so maybe that's, maybe this is a me problem. Well, a- agreed on the Skip Bayless side <laughs> of the equation. I wouldn't describe myself as out- outraged by Sark, though, either. Uh, and probably there's something to the fact that, I mean, why is he putting his hand on his chest the way that he did? Yeah. I mean, can't you just extend your arm out and say, hey, uh, you know, wait up here? I mean, so probably there were mistakes made on both sides. That being said, Steve Sarkeesian, just as any sort of self-respecting adult, <laughs> right, needs to behave a little bit differently. Yeah, exactly. Not even just as a football coach. I mean, it's like, dude, why are you flying off your handle so quick? I, I did. I was it was psychotic. It was. It was. It was really hair trigger kind of response, wasn't it? But I did have to laugh. Okay, I found this story. This was from Brian Smith. Uh, inside the Knights on Fan Nation, which I knew has to be a big deal because it looks like it's on like a fake MSN page, and the headline was Sark needs to be fired. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not there with it. It, it clearly would constitute a behavioral discussion for me if I was the athletic director, because. You are going into homes and you're telling moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas, hey, I'm going to make your son a, a better man, right? And then you're behaving like that before you go in to coach a football game. And I get it. Emotions are high. You're, you know, I'm not a football coach. Understand it, right? I'm not in that arena directly. But there's really no excuse to me okay. to be that psychotic. So is it okay if you did that to a player on the sidelines? Yes, that's totally different. <laughs> I know. But he's like, oh, you're out of control. You're talking to that marketing nerd but, but, that's sitting here putting his hands on you. But there is a – see, there is a line there, too. It's, you know, I like obviously, you know, Bob Knight back in the day, there, there's a line, right? You can't put your hands on people. Right, sure. So on and so forth. But uh, berating a player to a certain degree within the realm of you're a part of this organization, you're on this football team, is quite a bit different than someone that's there working the game. That's not related to the University of Texas. I didn't have a big problem with it. I mean, it's just (laughs) – I've been around enough of those types of situations. I mean, where I could understand where a coach would get mad. And I've seen it happen a lot. It's just – Sark got caught on tape. Right. It's the video portion, and he's and that's a fair point to be made. 
Steve Sarkeesian is not the only head coach. Yeah, he's. I, I'm willing to guarantee you that he's not the only guy that's gone off on somebody in the bowl or week to week settings. I just here here's the other part of it as well that cracked me up. I mean, what you're holding him back from like one step. <laughs> ah, everybody back. This isn't this isn't like Caitlin Fournier and and Oklahoma's getting or Fournier in Oklahoma's getting ready to take the field and and OU's going crazy. It's a freaking Alamo Bowl, man. All right, what what are we doing? It's like it's almost like you're you're enticing him to snap on you. Does he need to be smarter? You bet, but. It's not like bulls rushing the field. It's not like if he takes right. one step forward, it's the end. Oh, no, you ruined the Alamo Bowl entrance, for goodness sakes. Yeah, even if they went into the field early, it really is not going to change anybody's life. <laughs> All right, we're uh, efforting Todd Blackledge here on the Plank Show. A couple of other things that I missed, by the way, and this was me on my very reliable old-school sheet of paper here to keep track of portal entrance, portal exits, and guys off to the NFL and guys who are back for Oklahoma. Um, you mentioned Austin Stogner, Jacob Lacey, the Lacey, the kid out of Notre yeah, Dame. Easy. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't met him yet. That'll be. You might have just uh, coined a bad nickname. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Deshaun McCullough out of Indiana. Uh, Luke Elzinga, the punter out of Central Michigan. Obviously, Trace Ford out of Oklahoma State, and Reggie Pearson, the addition out of Texas Tech. Meanwhile, I guess. I was going through this list last night, too, and just thinking about the roster. We know back, Woody Washington, Isaiah Coe. We're still waiting on Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims, mm-hmm. C.J. Colden. Um, I Again, everyone's like, Jeffrey Johnson's out of eligibility. Jeffrey Johnson's out of eligibility. Is he? We're still waiting on the NCAA. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> David Aguebu, we know he has another year of eligibility if he wants it, and so does Jordan Kelly. I would say, though, that, you know, no, I, Jordan Kelly, I think coming back would be a slam dunk for him. I like these little edits. Who's who's doing those that Woody Washington and Isaiah Co. had? I'm also in that same camp as Teddy to where if you're coming back, do you really need to announce it? I guess in today's society, whenever you have shows like ours that are constantly evaluating the roster and constantly trying to figure out who's in and who's out. Maybe you do. You do need this this out here in order to make sure we know that you're back or that you're leaving. But I would say the most important two names there are Gabriel and Mims. And I haven't wavered too much on my thought that Mims is probably turning pro. And I haven't wavered too much on my thought that Gabriel is headed to the uh head back to the Sooners. So is there anything that's changed your mind in the last twenty four hours? No, yeah, I'm lockstep with you. Okay. That's that's how I think this thing plays out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they end up coming back, or I think Gabriel one comes ends up back. Coming Gabriel back, right? Mims, bye bye. What was it? I was all fired up about something. I was all fired up about something on the OU roster, and it just completely skipped my mind. I was thinking about guys turning pro. Am I missing anyone on this list? Eric Gray, Wanye Morris, Jalen Redmond, Anton Harrison, Braden Willis, and Deshaun White. I'm not missing anyone there, am I? I don't think so. I just I went back over last night and I was looking at their announcements and the way that they worded it, it would lead you to believe that they had another year if they wanted it. Drake Stoops, that's right. Drake Stoops didn't make a big announcement. Uh, he just basically <laughs> his dad announced it on his YouTube channel, which which led to a fascinating moment at Cheez It Bowl pa- practice where he's like, I didn't even. 
I didn't even know Dad had a had a YouTube show, which is fantastic. Oh, there it was. Open that back up. Open that back up. Okay. How many times have I fought with people on this freaking fought. show? You have fought. Whenever people are like, oh, you didn't include Kendall Dolby in the transfer. You didn't include Clint. I'm like, I think he's part of the signing club. No. Transfer portal. And literally, one of the first texts we get is Kendall Dolby is a part of the 2023 signing class, not the transfer portal. Thank you. That's why I've been fighting because for like the last month. Because he's a JUCO kid? I guess so. I mean, it's... My gosh, people. It's all kind of the same. Yeah, and literally, we'll have two more text messages that come in and say, Actually, well, actually, <laughs> Miles M. Creations, huh? Is doing all the edits. and uh, maybe, we need, maybe we need them to do something for the show. Yeah. Let's go. Miles M. Creations. Get in touch with my people. My people would be me. That would be awesome. I mean, look, everybody's looking for a graphic designer, so... And you know what's most important about the graphic designers they're looking for, Josh? They don't want to pay him anything. Miles, I'll pay you to help us out. Hey, dude. Um, you can go the Hayes Fawcett route. You can be the next, uh, you know, newsbreaker for one of these other networks. <laughs> All right, listen. Knight, you don't have to explain it to me. I know. I've said this. I've said this for a month on this show, fighting with people. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> It's been my life at this radio station. This, no, this is a great text, though. <laughs> it's because he's a Juco transfer because Parker Thune said so. <laughs> right. Oh, thank you. Parker said so. I've been saying so for a month. <laughs> Parker, you do have you do have some power, my friend. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, Got some pull. Got some sway. All right. That, what's go, let, let's quickly, before we break and before we get our Todd Blackledge interview, uh, we don't have any updates on DeMar Hamlin this morning. Uh promising overnight, promising readings they've been hoping to see by the morning. They uh, they really couldn't go into the specifics of it, but progress appears to be being made. His uncle spoke last night. Marketing guy spoke last night. Family released a statement yesterday. And I, I think I, – I'm pretty sure we're at Cavens. I think we're back at Cavens tomorrow. But, Josh, I've I've carved out some time for you and I – to kick off the show tomorrow, to have a conversation that at some point needs to be had, and that is how the NFL navigates this. Sure. You know what? You're literally looking at one of the most anticipated games on the NFL schedule in Bill's Bengals, right? And this isn't – what you have the week before? Like Colts and somebody? No offense, T-Row. I mean, if the Raiders were playing there, you can just like forget that game. But – with it being a, you know, it, it's a, it, there's a conversation I'm sure the NFL is having about what do they do. So we're going to, we'll let this breathe a little bit longer, but we'll get into it coming up here in just a bit. Your Raiders could help things out a little bit. Well, they will because they're going to get their asses kicked on Saturday. So there's one good way to look at it. But have, if they beat Kansas City, would, listen, can I tell you how, simplify can things. I tell you how team tank the Raiders are right now? They put Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and Jarrett Stidham on the injury report. That's that's how you're going into a situation on Saturday where I think about midway through the second quarter, uh, the NFL is going to dramatically, um, dramatically be uh, affected by how poorly the Raiders are going to be. I'm thinking like 35 zip at half. Do you remember last year's game? I don't know if I don't know if Kansas City could beat anybody 35 first in, in any half. First carry, knocked the football out, Josh Jacobs, touchdown. Yeah, that was an awesome day. 
Yeah. My buddy was getting married that day. That's right. We were watching uh, in the bachelor's suite. Um, yeah, it wasn't so, suite it wasn't wedding, so awesome for me, but it was nice because we were at like a – we were at a brunch. I don't remember what it was for. Was it Christmas time when that happened? Maybe it was. It was, yeah, early December, I think. Yeah, maybe it was like Christmas. And we'd taken my wife to like a brunch. And literally, all I had to do was sneak away from the table once. And I was like, ah, I've seen all I need to see of this right now. But that's what I think you're going to see on Saturday. So you're right. The Raiders could could help that out a little bit. But before we break, before we get a timeout, is it fair to ask what's going on at Oklahoma State right now? I mean, you're if those questions hadn't been asked before, I know that OSU fans push back against it quite a bit. And I understand why. OU fans have had to do the same thing with OU this season, but you've added two pretty key pieces to the receiving core to the portal in Bryson Green and John Paul Richardson today. And I know Richardson was last night and Green was this morning. Oh, Shane, Shane from Newcastle. Sugar Shane, right on it. I've seen more transfers out of Oklahoma State the last few days. Do they even have a playable roster at this point? Well, to the latter part, yes. But we're still waiting on anything from Spencer Sanders, right? There's been nothing there's been nothing out of his camp recently. I know Auburn was apparently pushing hard for him. There had been I talked to Robert Allen the other day on the Big Twelve show, and Robert said there had been some reports that maybe there had been a an idea that Sanders had contacted Oklahoma State and was interested in coming back. But he said, I never really followed up on it, and nothing really became of it. So you would assume that Sanders is gone. But at 10-17 on this Wednesday morning, is it fair to ask Josh Helmer what's going on at Oklahoma State right now? Sure, it's fair. It's been an exodus. I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it at all. Uh, maybe there's a part of me that wonders if this is an indication that they're not going to make a coordinator change. Or, or or maybe it's the latter, maybe it is. You know, Barry Trammell wrote in the Oklahoma the other day that, you know, I guess Mike Gundy said it best when he said nothing at all. Country reference. But, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of this right now. I have no idea, except maybe they see a couple of opportunities out there at the receiver position, and they think, okay, let's see what this looks like if I get in the portal right now but those are dude those are two significant names for Oklahoma State and what they're going to try to do in 2023 now boom they're gone you know that's a really really slim receiver room but maybe more importantly it you're starting to you're starting to see an, an, an exodus of guys who could have been difference makers for you and should have been yeah well that that's the scary thing too is how many Difference makers has Oklahoma lost. Uh, just just to the transfer portal, okay. not, not NFL draft. Let, guys. Let, let's let's break and do it next. You want to do it? Let's and let's, then let's compare and contrast because that's when you're talking transfer portal. That's what I think alarms you is when you're talking about. And there's been some programs, right? Another one that I covered directly on the interwebs that look they've had some significant transfer portal losses, right? Guys that were going to start. Right. So that's a little bit different than, you know, somebody that, yeah, it's an old blue chipper, but guess what? They've not seen snaps at Oklahoma. Did I dream it or didn't Josh Ellison at one point put his name in the portal? He had, yes. Okay. 
he was out there and playing. So was Bray Walker. So was Ralph Rucker. So maybe for them it was just, hey, we want to be in uniform one more time. And coach was like, Josh Ellison, I really need you out there. So. Well, and remember, the, the coaching staff can make that call and sure. say they can rubber stamp it and say, yeah, you're good to play this game. Shane, uh, Shane Beamer came out and said, if you're in the portal, you ain't playing. I mean, literally what he said. So some different coaches approach it different sure. ways. Sure, and good for him, you know. I mean, all in or not. But let's compare and contrast. That's a really good point, right? Who's losing difference makers and who's just losing dudes? Uh, next, right here on the ref. So, looks like we're adding – one more name here to the potential additions list, or at least interest list for OU. Walter Rouse is visiting OU, Iowa, and Nebraska. Kentucky is among the programs to have interest in the Stanford left tackle, who started 39 games on the offensive line. So add Walter Rouse to that possible list, and... As we said today, could be a could be a good day, in which Devon Sears, the Texas State transfer, is in town as well. Um, you know it's funny, we were talking about Oklahoma State as we welcome you back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Hour Two, brought to you by Allison Insurance. If you want to be a part of it, the Air Comfort Solutions text line has been. I mean, I don't know what we hit, but it's been hopping the last few days, and we're grateful. 405-651-3439, Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line. The show off the air has actually been the better show today, right, Josh? 405-329-9000. It's always pretty exciting. <laughs> what are we fighting about this break? Everything good? Uh, yes. Okay. Everything is uh, A-OK. Good. Walter Rouse, as I'm sure you yep. just shared, 39 games that he started at left tackle uh, at Stanford. So – that would be in the vein of what? Kind of like a McCade, Matalia. I know that he's a tackle and Matalia was an interior guy, but somebody at Cal that started a lot of football games. I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about Rouse in general. Just what I'm reading here from who is this? Josh Edwards of mm-hmm. CBS. Kind of, to me, seems like it's more of that Metallier vein. I don't know that he has the Wanye Morris type upside. Right. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. At any rate, you know, any sort of experience you can add along the offensive line, I would think, uh, would be at a premium, no doubt, for OU. So, we were talking last segment about what has been a pretty wild just couple of hours in the portal for Oklahoma State, where we've seen two names in John Paul Richardson and Bryson Green mm-hmm. both jump in the portal, which is, I don't know about – I don't know about you, Josh, but pretty, pretty surprising. And again, well, they and they just added. Let's see, this morning did he enter this morning? What's today's date? The fourth. Um, they've just added Stephen Johnson, a freshman wide receiver, who has jumped in there as well. Uh, Stephon Johnson, excuse me, out of Desoto, and I'm not too familiar. With this dude, uh, Sumulia Tuki uh, Tukalamaka, redshirt senior defensive lineman. So you've had, in the span of 24 hours, four new players enter the portal, two of which are pretty important, I would think, pieces going forward. So we were going through, okay, what have they lost compared to, say, in, in, in Oklahoma? Oklahoma so far 
has only had two of its transfers in the portal commit to other Power 5 programs. One of them in Nick Evers signs with Wisconsin and immediately has competition added when Wisconsin goes out and gets Tanner Mordecai. Yeah. Who, by the way, this is part of my Jeffrey Johnson fight with you people on on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. When you're like, Jeffrey Johnson's out of eligibility, I'm like, pretty sure Tanner Mordecai was about out of eligibility. I'm pretty sure we all felt the same way for him. So, again, I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm just saying every single time I think there's a dude that can't play anymore – magically there's another year of eligibility that pops up for him. I give you Tanner Mordecai. But Boy, it's going to be nice to uh, – the, the COVID eligibility was important. I'm glad that we did it, but it's going to be nice when we get like three years down the road, isn't it? When I can truly be able to look at a roster and go, so he's a senior and he a red the- shirt – so he's out of time. I remember the good old days when we knew about red shirts and eligibility. But as far as that's concerned, just in, in guys that they have lost, you know, a, a Clayton Smith is on this list, and even though he really – I mean, he looks the part, right? We haven't heard of him landing anywhere. You know, the Bryson Washingtons, Kevonte Henrys of the world. I mean, the other places where you've seen guys land, Kendall Dennis at USF and Cedric Roberts at Texas State. Now – I pause this for just a moment to say that I think Oklahoma State's done a pretty nice job, Josh, in some of the guys they've brought in from the portal. So, yes, they've lost some dudes to Washington, USC, Baylor, Oklahoma. But I like the Noah McKinney kid that they brought in out of UNLV, Kenneth Harris out of Arkansas State. I'm a big Anthony Goodlow guy. Um, but – it, it, Dalton Cooper was one of the first guys out of the portal that they got, and Dejon Stribling. So they've been active. Sean Tyler, the running back out of what Western Michigan. So they've been active. They've been very active in the portal in bringing guys in. But I dug and found some stats. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. So a lot of people. Sorry, I don't know why I'm being so melodramatic this morning. Robert Barnes, uh, Robert Barons put this out on Twitter today. It says, "You think Texas A&M is losing a lot of production to the portal?" Check out Oklahoma State. Now, again, I haven't run these numbers for Oklahoma, but I think I'm going to tonight. I just need to learn how to do percentages. I will turn to my 14-year-old daughter in her math class to help me out. Or one of you guys maybe has already put it together on a message board out there somewhere, and you can send it in. 2022 rushing slash receiving yards lost to the portal. Texas A&M who has more players in the portal, more scholarship players in the portal than any other program in college football right now. Mm -hmm. Texas A&M, 11.4% of their rushing slash receiving yards lost to the portal. Wow. Oklahoma State, 42.5%. See, and that's that's what I'm getting at is it's not all created equally. Now, then the other flip portion of that equation would be for A&M is – if your previous signing class is getting gutted, that's pretty alarming too, right? Right, exactly. If it's two, three years down the road and folks are leaving and, oh, by the way, they're not a big piece of the production puzzle, then, okay, that's that's probably a transfer portal departure that makes sense for both sides, right? And isn't altogether super damaging. But, man, you start talking about that type of production that you're losing, that's – that's pretty significant, or the the opposite. I think in A and M's case, the the illustration for them would be, hey, look, it's not that bad. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not that bad on the surface until you start digging and finding out that oh, this is a large part of it 
was the 2022 signing class. Exactly. 2022 tackles lost to the portal. A&M had 10.8% of their tackles lost to the portal. Oklahoma State, 24.2%. Now, again, Trace Ford didn't get to play much last year because of his injury. Uh, Macy Cobb had a lot to do with this. But, yeah, I am uh, – that's shocking. That's shocking. And, again, I don't I don't think that comparison is meant to do anything for A&M, right, outside of just say, hey, look, we're not losing that much production. I think for A&M fans, they look at it and say, that's great, but a lot of these dudes that left were five-star, four-star dudes that were supposed to be, all right, they're next. And now instead of being next at A&M, they're going to be next somewhere. Really, more than anything, that comparison is to show you that Oklahoma State's losing a lot of production. Exactly. Because guess what? The team that's been hit the hardest in terms of just direct transfer portal entries is A&M, and look at what the production that you're losing comparatively is to at least the the bar setter in terms of transfer portal defectees. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's So I go back to the original root of the question, Josh – What's what's going on at Oklahoma State right now? Is it is it a an unwillingness to make changes? Is it a is it a desire to to make a change? In other words, these guys are mad because they know that either a coach is going to be gone and it's just not public yet. I would tend to to pick the former as opposed to the latter. Is it Mike, Mike Gundy's kind of missing the mark with his message or this laissez-faire attitude, which is fine. You know, the IDGAF mindset that he has right now is not rubbing well with some players. Is it? Is it addition by subtra- subtraction? You know, I don't know John Paul Richardson. I don't know uh, Bryson Green. But are they dudes where whenever they leave, despite the production, coaches turn and go, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's, I don't I don't know. I think it's two words. Go ahead. And it's not the two words. Maybe you think that it's not Mike Gundy, Spitzer Sanders. You think that's it? And when you've spent a whole year practicing with Rangel and <laughs> Gundy, and oh by the way, Spitzer Sanders is leaving. And and I don't say this to be you know this way or that way. I'm just saying the realistic nature of the situation is. These guys look up, Plank, at least offensively, and they say, yeah, I don't want to be a part of that. Right. And and that's not me trying to pick on these other guys. That's just, I think, the reality of the situation that you've got going on at Oklahoma State is we could sit here and poke fun as, you know, Oklahoma media members or fans or whatever. Spencer Sanders is a pretty good quarterback, okay? I mean, this guy was the Big 12 quarterback of the year for a reason right. not too long ago. And – this guy can play some football. Now, he might at times be prone to a mistake here or there, but the guys in that locker room understand, you know what, we got a chance to be pretty good with that guy around. All of a sudden, boom, he exits stage left. All right, well, uh, here's my walking papers as well. Goodbye. That's a good point. You realize that you only get so many opportunities, and when you've played with Rangel or – or, or, you know, no no offense to either one of these guys, but they're not Spencer Sanders, Gunnar Gundy. And you see Sanders leaving, and you don't, Josh, see a guy coming in out of the portal 
like a oh god Grayson McCall who d- decided over the weekend that he's going to go back to Coastal Carolina, sure. who I guess was the biggest name left outside of Spencer Sanders. You don't see, I mean, anybody that you know, Tanner Mordecai. I always forget the North Carolina Levy, the North Carolina State quarterback that Leary. They, Leary, thank you. I don't know why I always forget his name, but yeah, I just you didn't go out and do anything. So it would make some sense that you'd see some offensive skill guys that are like, I don't want to be a part of this. We're not doing anything here. You know, let 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 this let this freshman kid live this. I've I've got to go do something. You'd love to live in the world where everybody's a quote unquote program guy, right? And I signed up to play for Oklahoma State, or I signed up to play for OU. The bottom line is, as soon as the house starts catching on fire. I'm not sticking around inside the house. I've got a future of my own to try and protect and position myself to go out and have the most productive season I can. And if the pieces aren't in place for that to happen in this transfer portal era, you're going to see this happen to a program or two every offseason. Exactly. And this year, it appears to be Oklahoma State. And it might not be done. Dude, that's a really – because you can th- – for one of the first texts that come into the Air Comfort Solutions text line, or the rules, and excuse me, in talking about what's wrong with Oklahoma State, what do you guys see as the issue there? Um, no QB. Boom, which is exactly what Josh said. It's a Spencer Sanders problem. Not anything with Spencer Sanders, but he's not there anymore, and it's going to be tough with what you've seen so far from the two guys that are fighting for this job. Frisco Sooner asks, could it be Gundy's lack of willingness to evolve to the transfer portal or the NIL? I – I would have to defer to somebody that regularly covers Oklahoma State because from what I've seen, they I feel like they've done a good job of bringing guys in from the portal. You know, they've had portal success stories. I mean, I guess technically Dominic Richardson was a transfer guy because he, he never, I think, stepped on the field for TCU, maybe even in a practice. But, you know, he started at TCU, ended up at Oklahoma State, had a pretty good run, and boom, now he's off to Baylor. But they, they've they've brought in guys from the portal, but maybe maybe it is a deal where they're not able to get going nil wise what they want because you would think, just vamping here, even though R.I.P. Boone Pickens and everything he did, there's some big money dudes around that OSU program. Sure, I mean they they have dudes capable of doing for them what's happening at Miami right now. Are they just not taking advantage of that or what? I, I don't I don't know. And. and- I'm like you. I would have to defer to the Oklahoma State beat reporters of the world. Sure. Or just some of the donors out there that have a, you know, pulse on what's going on. But I find it very hard to believe that now, like even the most ardent opposers to the transfer portal plank, I'm thinking of somebody up north in Iowa that I cover pretty directly is Kirk Ferentz. Didn't want to be involved in the transfer portal game. Guess what? Found out this past season. Yeah, you can't go a year with Spitzer Peters playing quarterback if you've got options in the transfer portal that can help you, right? So coaches that didn't want to get involved in the transfer portal, even the most ardent opposers have realized, yeah, if I'm going to have staying power, if there's any shelf life for me, I'm going to have to embrace the transfer portal. So I find it hard to believe that Mike Gundy wouldn't have made that realization that, look, I I might hate it, might hate the direction this thing is going, but this is where we're at. And to be successful, to be sustained, you have to embrace it. They're just not having success with it, I don't think. Rob, could it be that Stillwater just sucks? No, stop. Stop it right now. You got cheese fries, baby. All right, quick break. When we come back, the best of the air comfort solutions. Text line, 
Uh, we're hoping to get Todd Blackledge on before we get out of here, just some his some of his thoughts from calling the TCU Michigan game on Saturday and TCU shot in the national championship. Coming up right here on the ref. Big one tonight in the Lloyd Noble Center, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Weird, uh, weird night in the Big Twelve, right? With Kansas State destroying Texas in college hoops, and quite the finish between Kansas and Texas Tech. No, let's get to this. Since we're on basketball, tough one last night for the OU women. I, uh, they're gonna be fine. Boy, the officiating really hurt them last night, but they're uh, they're back in action this weekend. And here's a question for the 918. Guys, I love your show. I'm not trying to harp on this subject, and I know it goes against what we were just talking about with OSU transfers. But when's the last time you spent time in the upper bowl at the LNC? If you have, then my bad. It's not a great experience. My guess is 6K tonight. It's sad. It has to change or OU basketball is never going to get back to where we want. I have I've spent some time up there. I'm not I'm not trying to be dramatic. In fact, that's where that's where we sat when we went last week. Their last home game prior to to last night and I mean kind of like a ghost ghost town in a lot of ways and that's very frustrating. So what can you do to change it? You got to just continue to grind, you got to continue to spread the word, you got to win. And whenever you have people like yourself that go to games, you just you got to make sure. I, I Kenny Kenny Mossman, Joe Castiglione, and the people that you know I learned from in this and in watching it play out would always talk about like creating a Disney experience to where you go and sure the game is going on, but there's there's something that brings you back beyond just the game. There's there's part of that to where people always want to go back to Disney, even if the lines are miserable and the, the heat is too much. They're, they're going to fight through it because of that magical experience. How can you make a game a magical experience? And it's tough. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's, it's tough. And I get it. I, I want this to be a place to where you know that even though I'm a complete and total homer, I also want to make sure that the experience is such that you come back. I don't want you to go and get so frustrated by concession lines or how the food tastes or how you're treated by security or where your seats are where you don't want to go back. I like to consider your boy here your biggest advocate because I want I want fans to want to come back. You pay a lot of money, man. A lot of money. And we need to make sure it's value. So the first the very first text on this, if you build it, they will I agree, but I also I'm one of those people that thinks there is there's some promise in the LNC. It can be loud. It can be a home court environment. Are there problems with it? You bet. I mean, come on. But yeah, I completely understand that frustration, man. Completely understand it. I haven't had an issue with lines at concession stands. Maybe it's just because my daughter doesn't get hungry till about midway through the third quarter. So well, that's when I got to go get a pretzel. And Texas was a good crowd. Sure. Uh, exactly. That was a really – that might have been one of the best crowds I've so, heard in a couple of years. So that makes it a bit more challenging as far as things of that nature and, lines. And the staffing portion of it, 
I don't think is directly it's Oklahoma's what got the relationship uh, in terms of who they're signed on with with the concession partner, but. I think the staffing portion of it is up to the concession it partner. Is. It absolutely so is. So that that part of it is kind of out of OU's hands. So keep that in mind when you're upset about the LNC and the environment. Oklahoma, I'm sure, is as frustrated by that as you are. If we consistently win, I'd imagine that section fills up without any LNC experience updates or innovations. That's from Bobby from Austin. Winning cures all, says True Sooner, to which Kendall replies, Oklahoma's ranked number 17th. No excuse why that place shouldn't be packed. I I know why it's not packed. It's because it's 17 isn't good enough. You got to be four, five. You got to feel like you're going to the final four. It's just the reality of it. I hate it, but it's true. Though I think tonight should be fun. I'm going... Bought tickets. You can, too. Soonersports.com slash tickets. It's going to be a fun night. Oklahoma and Iowa State. Iowa State's a really, really good basketball team. This uh, league, man, it's nothing new. You've got the last two national champions in it. Right. But now, all of a sudden, with what Kansas State looks like they're they're doing, I, I see what they're doing on the recruiting trail, too, man. Mr. Tang coming over from Baylor doing a, a really, really fine job up in the Little Apple TCU Really good. Iowa State, who you're playing tonight. Everybody saw it firsthand, Texas, uh, over this past weekend. So, gosh, it's just uh, it's a great, it's great tough. basketball league. It's, it, and it's going to be – you're going to get great games night in and night out. Back to the Oklahoma State conversation here real quick. Uh, Richard, Yardbird Richard checks in. It says, almost every college football coach has a shelf life. Mike Gundy's best if used by date is approaching, even if some poke faithful are in denial. Oh, dude, the people I talk to are by no means in denial about that. No, 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 not at all. By no means are they in denial. They completely and totally understand. But I'll tell you what, it's, it is quite, it is quite the challenge. It is quite the challenge whenever you have things that start to deteriorate just a bit to put a plug in it and stop it completely. I thought you were gone. You were hiding behind the clock. <laughs> I was like, where did Josh go? No, I'm here. All right. You were leaned over answering some text messages. Did the price of tickets keep fans away? No, I don't think so. And then one more from the 918. Well, tickets were cheap for Texas, too. Very cheap. Four for 20. I know it's a bit off topic, but I think people also forget these head coaches that have had first-year success at their new schools – are not first-year coaches like Brent is. And this gets back into a fight we were having a couple days ago. And it's just the whole mindset of, well, if it's happening at USC and if it's happening at TCU, why isn't it happening here? I, and I think it's a fair question. But it's also, I mean, look at that roster. Look at that roster that Sonny Dykes inherited and what he's been able to do with it. And look what Max Duggan has done. By the way, TCU won a national semifinal game against Michigan when Max Duggan didn't really play that well. Had a bad game. So, a uh, couple of big defensive plays, man. Yeah. I know that the they gave up the a world. bunch, but. Um, and one more on the roster conversation uh, from the 940. According to people in the know, apparently that wouldn't be us. Eight spots left 
and the, with the lack of addition would not bode well for Mims coming back. Every time I start thinking about the numbers and looking at the roster, I see these preferred walk-ons, and I'm like, they can pretty much do whatever they want with the roster numbers. <laughs> it's just a matter of who's going to be on scholarship and who's right. going to be out there on game day. So, I, again, I – I don't know. Yeah, name, image, likeness basically allows you to have more scholarship players. Like, all right, you're good. You're fine. But I, I would say that, again, I, I was having a fight with someone earlier. I didn't fight back on, on Twitter, but just in my mind we were having a fight because it was like, well, if Marvin Mims comes back, he's a for sure first-round pick. Is he? Because is he going to grow five inches? You know, is he, is he going to get any faster? I know that sounds good in your mind, but and I used to think that way, but sometimes you kind of are who you are. And unfortunately, I think that's the case with Marvin Mims, and I think that's what he's found out and learned going through this process. Second, third round guy. Yeah. You know, may, maybe a fourth. But you're probably not going to end up in, in the first round regardless of what happens in college. And who knows? Maybe conversations with guys who have gone through this process have affected him too. All right, we got a break. When we come back, let's put a wrap on hour number two with the latest update that we have. Uh, on DeMar Hamlin, and also, you know, what what is next for the National Football League? It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. OU basketball at home tonight as the Sooners square off against Iowa State. We had Porter Moser on the T-Row in the morning show. We'll try to get uh, a little bit of that for the top five stories of the day. Okay, so update for those of you who are intrigued by the Todd Blackledge drop by on this show. We're going to do it at 1130. We're set now. We're good to go. Everything is good. Everything is lined up. You got the audio. Sorry. <laughs> Finally got the audio from it. Are, hey! we already, are we already done with this hour? We're done. Jeez Louise, man. I got to be better on the clock. Uh, tip time tonight is at 6 p.m., so make note, a little earlier, 6 p.m. tip for Oklahoma and Iowa State in the LNC. It's the Plank Show.